Welcome to a very special episode of Second Chance Cinema called Be Kind Rewind. This is an episode from our first season, recut, remixed, and re-edited for your listening pleasure. Fair warning, there's cursing, and our hosts do spoil movie endings. But we also promote the movies, as is our goal with them all. Enjoy the show. the top circus act in the business! <laughs> you mean, you're not warriors? Are you kidding? These guys are the lousiest circus bugs you've ever seen! And they're gonna make me rich! <laughs> you mean to tell me that our entire defensive strategy was concocted by clowns? Hey, 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 we really thought Flick's idea was gonna work. <gasps> Oops. Tell me this isn't true. No, you, you don't. You this don't, couldn't I, have happened at a more inopportune time. The last leaf is about to fall. We haven't collected any food for the grasshoppers. If Hopper finds out what we almost did. Hopper is not going to find out. We're going to hide all this and pretend it never happened. You bugs were never here. So I suggest you all leave. But the bird, the, the, the bird will work. I never thought I'd see the day when an ant would put himself before the rest of his colony. What? The point is, Flick, you lied to us. No, 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 I, I just... You lied, Flick. You lied to her. You lied to the colony. You lied to me. And like an idiot, I believed you. But I... I was just afraid that if you knew I'd gotten circus bugs... I just wanted to make a difference. I want you to leave, Flick. And this time, don't come back. All right, everybody, welcome back to... Welcome back. This is episode, we've just discovered, episode 21. Woo! Which means our show can now legally buy alcohol. Party! I think that's the only thing you can really do at 21 that's life-changing, right? Yeah, Rent-A-Car is 25. Rent-A-Car, I believe, is 25. You got insurance on your parents for 26. Didn't know that one. 26 or 27 is parental insurance. Okay. Yeah, and then from what I remember... Oh, buy cigarettes now. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So, all the illicit substances. (laughs) And then from what I remember, it's all just downhill after this, right? Pretty much? Uh, yeah. Ups and downs. It's like the downhill of a roller coaster, but you're jumping up and down every now and then. But just a steady decline, mostly. So. Well, I think that I mean, we're going to break the curse with like a very happy movie today. And so. the funny, uh, this is going to be, this is easily probably our highest rated movie yeah. that we've ever done. I think it fits with our motto for Second Chance Cinema because I think it's the one Pixar movie that everybody looks over. It's the most overlooked. I would agree with that. And I do not know. I mean, maybe it's because it's never received a sequel where most of them have. I mean, it got... It's weird because this was the first one after Toy Story, right? Yes. So it's weird that it kind of didn't ride that hype of the success of Toy Story into more celebration and, I guess, not notoriety, but just being more popular than it kind of ended up being. I thought it aged pretty well. Mm -hmm. I didn't think there was anything in it that, like, screamed mid-90s or late-90s or anything like that to the point where it was distracting. I think the only thing, like, you could kind of tell where it was, like, where Pixar has greatly improved as their backgrounds you know like the backgrounds were pretty simple okay when they're in the circus tent the only thing that you see in the back is like the fabric of the tent they don't really Uh, put it in i didn't notice that but i mean even then like toy story 4 have you seen that yet no toy story 4 they have a pitch like they do an exterior shot of the house Mm -hmm. and it looks like a legit house oh yeah i'm sure where now back in the day like the houses were all and what i found out with this was when when i was doing my research is that 
when they were first starting out with Pixar, they were trying to figure out what they can animate. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why they went for bugs and ants is because the the shell, the mm-hmm. exoskeleton of an ant, is so, very smooth. And the shine and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I did notice that, like, so, like, when there's a part where I think Flick flies back to the ant colony from the city and the big rhino beetle is carrying him mm. and you can see like the iridescence on his, sh- his shell and like the the shine and all that stuff so that makes sense i mean like they like they went from sort of just the toys which were like you know hard plastic smooth mm-hmm. surfaces but still textures here and there right to this living thing that mimics some of those features but made it even more vibrant just right. because of like the colors that exist like the moth was beautiful and you know it was it was a cool subject matter i, I remember seeing it I, I guess i would have been like 17 and being like oh that was pretty awesome it was fun it was good looking and i did some research too and i realized that part of the reason it might not have gotten its just due was because of the other ant-based animated movie that came out at the time right in direct response to this movie ants everyone listen to me who the heck are you he's z and i started reading more and there was like a full-on war between pixar and the budding dreamworks it was very exciting (laughs) over who was going to make the best the best ant movie (laughs) uh, in the summer of 98 i wonder if like the same thing happened with armageddon and deep impact oh maybe well, they, I know, I remember listening to one interview and somebody was like, that other asteroid movie. And I was like, oh, snap. So they do recognize that each other exists. Oh, like somebody who was in the movie? Or yeah. Somebody, oh, I see, yeah. So the the story that I read is basically that like one of the, I don't know if he was a head animator, some, some important person at Pixar like defected and went and helped start DreamWorks, kind of, is what it sounded like. And basically swiped the idea for a bug's life and turned it into ants and released it as sort of their own, you know, bug colony movie. Right. I don't know that I've ever seen ants. I remember thinking it was weird that Sylvester Stallone was one of the voices. Oh my God. Ants versus bug's life is pretty much movie stars versus TV stars. Because in bug's life, you have Dave Foley, you have Julie Mm -hmm. Louis-Dreyfus, what's his face from Cheers. Uh um, Um, The guy who's in all the Pixar movies. Yeah. Ratzenberger. Yep. Um, you have all those TV stars and ants. You have Woody Allen, Sharon Stone, Sylvester Stallone. You know, like you have oh, all okay. the movie stars. And ants, from yeah, I don't remember much about it other than it was kind of like like the ants didn't look friendly. They no, looked nothing looked friendly. It was more adult, was it? Yeah, because I was gonna say they looked more like extraterrestrial and kind of like like alien faces with like pincers and mm-hmm. they, it remind actually looking back i for some reason i'm drawing comparisons to like district nine and the way those creatures looked yeah bronze um but this was just like they were animated and they were like fiery red and that was kind of off-putting whereas like pixar bugs life like the color palette was very like pastel-y and it reminded me of the like the kids game was like cooties or oh, something cooties. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say it reminded me of Easter, but you know, <laughs> oh, you know tomato, tomato. Own. Yeah. So, all right. So let's dive into this. So we totally just jumped right into the movie. This we time. did. There, there is a lot to unpack here, um, <laughs> politically and um, symbolically. I think that's why I was excited to watch this again. I think 
actually, before we even decided on this one, however long ago that was, I had seen a clip come up on Instagram that we'll talk about when Hopper's at the bar and he drops the seeds on his mm-hmm. like, henchman. And it just, like, it reminded me of how much I enjoyed this movie. So, <laughs> but for right now, we're going to play the trailer. And during the trailer, each of us is going to write a poem. I'm going to challenge myself. Okay, this good. Time. You write a poem. You know what? I'm going to write a poem. I'm going to write a limerick. I'm going to write oh, a limerick. going to one-up me, huh? About Bugs Life. Well... I mean, a limerick is poem. Your poem is very broad, so... And then when we come back, we'll dive more into... Uh, is there a tagline for A Bug's Life? Epic on mini- for miniature proportions. Oh, an epic scale... Or an epic adventure of miniature proportions? Or yeah, something like, something like that. All right, that's fair. All right. Why'd you want that? I was going to try to shoehorn it into, like, we'll dial dive back into this epic adventure uh, oh, miniature, but I didn't. An epic of miniature proportions. Yeah, no, I failed on that. Ah, that's kind of like so, a tongue twister. Fail bus on that. <laughs> Alright, here's the trailer for A Bug's Life. Hello! From the creators of Toy Story. To infinity! And beyond! Comes an all new motion picture event. Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film. No! I can't help it. It's so beautiful. Out here in the field, I found for my meals. I get my back into my living. Now, let me tell you how things are supposed to work. The ants pick the food. The grasshoppers eat the food. It's a bug-eat-bug world out there. Someone could get hurt. He's quite the motivational speaker, isn't he? Let's ride! (laughs) It's the same year after year. They come, they eat, they leave. That's our lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's our life. (laughs) They've got an idea. We can find bigger bugs to come here and fight. Now, why didn't I think of that? Oh, because it's suicide. What they needed was some help. What they got... Popcorn! Snail popcorn! ...was a bunch of clowns. We're losing the audience! Get out there now! They'll only laugh at me. That's because you're a clown! You parasite. Circus bugs! I thought you were warriors! Hey, cutie! Want a holiday with a real bug? So, being a ladybug automatically makes me a girl! Christ! She's a guy! Come on, Francis. You're making the maggots cry. Walt Disney Pictures presents... I couldn't tell! A Pixar Animation Studios film. This was not supposed to happen. Squish him. Run for your life! An epic. I think I'm going to vent myself. Okay. Of miniature proportion. We don't serve grasshoppers. For the colony and for oppressed bugs everywhere. Hello there, girly bug. Shoe fly, don't bother me. A bug's life. Coming to theaters this Thanksgiving. Hey, turn your butt off. Okay, that was a fun trailer. That was different than Equilibrium. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was a that was a lively, vivid, fun, energetic trailer. Turn your butt off. Yeah, that that had a lot of good. uh, I forgot about Dennis Leary as the ladybug until I watched it again last night. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this was kind of a big deal. Everybody thought this was really funny, which it was. But it was. I remember it was one of my draws because I was I was hot on Dennis Leary at that time. See, that's the thing. I wasn't like I remember everybody was into him. 
like I had a CD like No Cure yeah, for he, Cancer and Lock and Loading. He did the CD where it, what was it the song? No, uh, I'm an Yeah, that's right. And it was all like every time he talked, it was this rant and he just like would, you know, talk and talk and talk without breathing. And that was kind of his gimmick. And I forgot upon research of this that he was in Ice Age. Like this was his the start of his animated voice. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, I forget. Was Saber he the Saber Tiger? Tiger. Yeah. yeah, in Ice Age. And see, that's the thing. Like he I, j- when he first burst on the scene, I remember it, we were probably in like middle school and it was like he was he, all over MTV with his rants. Yeah, he was everywhere. And he was kind of like, I mean, it was pretty predictable he was very like non-conformist and a shock to the system so yeah people liked him i just kind of never i never got exposed to him in a way where i could like feel one way or the other but well, i remember seeing him in demolition man i thought was he, i thought he was kind of funny in that and mm-hmm. then um he did what was the fireman show uh um, rescue me rescue me and then he was in uh i actually thought he was really good in the amazing spider-man movie with you know the one that's like in the middle of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield yeah, yeah, the emo Spider-Man. Right. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was good. Good in that too. So you haven't seen it yet, but it's one that I've been. I think we will do on the show at one point. But Suicide Kings. I know of it. He plays the henchman in that, and then also Judgment Night. He was a really good bad guy in that. That was. Oh, he, wasn't he Cuba in? Um, oh no, he was in Toy Soldiers. That's what, or not Toy Soldiers, Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. Yep. He was like the. Yeah, we seen him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's but he, do, he does his rant in that. I love right. rants. I don't know what it is. I, my father used to always go on these epic rants, and I think that's where I just kind of oh, see, gravitate so you've got toward some, them. Yeah, you've got some appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. I get it. All right, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Sure. It wasn't as good as I thought. Like when I was like, I'm going to do a poem. All right, and then I was like. Well, oh right. my gosh! We're here, for, we're, with, here, we're here for the ride. It's hard now that I've discovered it. It's hard to do it while listening to the trailer in the background. Like my mind is is separate. I get that. So I got what? I'll try to do it as as theatrically as possible. Okay, go for it. What is the meaning of a bug's life? Is it working hard or avoiding strife? Flick lives his on the edge of a scythe while trying to impress and gain a princess wife. That's wow. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. that's like, um, that's a very almost Shakespearean interpretation of a bug's life. That's what, you know, I try. Maybe I, is that better than my haikus? It's probably better than my Oh, haikus. your haikus are great. I mean, it's just different. You're just all compliments. Well, it's not better or worse. It's just different. <laughs> okay. You know, like if I'm in the mood for a haiku, then it would be not as pleasing, but... Oh, yeah. you know, if I'm if I'm open to all sorts, which I usually am, then we're good. <laughs> all right. Mine's a limerick. What's oh. a limerick for people? Uh, um, it's a five line poem that goes the, the rhyme scheme is A-A-B-B-A. So the first two lines rhyme, the second, uh, the first two lines rhyme, the third and the fourth lines rhyme. And then the fifth line goes back and rhymes with the first and second. Cool. And it's Irish. That's good. Yeah. So there once was an ant named Flick. Conformity, it made him so sick. So he took a stand with his feet in the sand and told the grasshoppers just what they could stick <laughs> up their asses. I had a little addendum at the end in order to just really drive the point. And home. for those that can't see it, the addendum is like wedged in the corner of his. Well, display. I didn't want to forget it. <laughs> I wrote it down. I didn't want to forget it. I figured I could have improved and ad lib that, but you know, I didn't want to take the chance. Gotcha. So very all right. nice. So, the first, so what we mentioned before we watched the trailer is this clip of Hopper, who's played by Kevin Spacey, who it's a good voice for the for the mean grasshopper, I feel like. He's always a good bad guy. Like he did, spoiler, 
if you haven't seen Seven, but that's like one of the greatest reveals, I think, because they even kept his name out of like the credits until the very end. Yeah, I think. I think there's enough what time year was to pass. Seven? Yeah, like ninety six. Oh, that early? Yeah, yeah I think we're good. <laughs> um, and then Swimming with Sharks, he plays a fantastic bad guy in that one Don't as know well. That. That's another ranty. But he's movie. also kind of a creep, right? Oh, he is now definitely a creep. Yeah. Which is sad, which there's a part in this movie where he's getting a massage and he tells the person oh, yeah. lower. And I was That's like, right. oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It does not age well for him. <laughs> no. But his voice in this movie reminded me very much of James Spader as Ultron in the second Avengers movie where it was just like, like, if you try to imagine it as somebody else, I just, I couldn't. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Like, yeah, that was the that was the perfect voice. For yeah. This, Good voice for works. This, for this uh, bad guy. And anyway, the scene is, so in the beginning of the movie, the ants are gathering up their harvest to offer to the grasshoppers who come and basically pillage and and take all the food so that they don't have to work and they make the ants do all the work. It's based on a fable, which I read the fable to last night. And Did you? Yeah. I read the uh, synopsis of the fable, but I didn't. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I read a version of the fable, so maybe I read like a dumbed-down like version Aesop? or something. Aesop? Aesop? Yeah. It's basically, the fable is, the, the lesson of the fable is like, you know, hard work and being prepared and things like that. And so the grasshoppers come and they, 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 every year they take all the food from the ants and then the ants are forced to kind of scrounge for themselves to survive. Long story short, the offering of food ends up getting dumped into the, the pond. The grasshoppers don't have any food, and so they're pissed, and they come in and they start threatening the ants, and then Flick, the ant, the main character, stands up to Kevin Spacey's Hopper the Grasshopper. Hey, I'm a compassionate insect. There's still a few months till the rains come, so you can all just try again. But Hopper, since it's almost the rainy season, we need this time to gather food for ourselves. Listen, if you don't keep your end of the bargain, then I can't guarantee your safety, and there are insects out there that will take advantage of you. Someone could get hurt. What's the matter? You scared of grasshoppers? You don't like Thumper? Leave her alone! You want her? Go ahead. Take her. No? seems to me that you ants are forgetting your place. So let's double the order of food. Huh? No, but, but, but... We'll be back at the end of the season when the last leaf falls. You ants have a nice summer. Let's ride! You know, there's this little confrontation, and then he gives them an ultimatum. They go away. Movie gets rolling, and then later there's a scene where Hopper's at the bar, the the, the Grasshopper Bar, I guess, which in Mexico or oh, that's was it a Mexican? It, it was Mexican themed. Mex- I remember that. It um, seemed very deserty. 
Yeah, I, wonder, I mean, they don't really tell you where. No, they never tell you where place. it is, but they they have a place that that's very reminiscent of Times Square and like New York, big city. Mm-hmm. And then that's right, they do have like sort of a seedy like Tijuana vibe to the, the Grasshopper <laughs> Bar. But he's there with his minions, and the minions are just like Hopper. We got enough food. Why do Why do we Why don't we just you know not worry about it, not go back? And he pulls out a seed from this giant tube of seeds that they've been like feasting on it's a liquor bottle isn't it it, it might have been yeah. yeah and he he throws it at the ant or the grasshopper and he's like did that hurt no he throws another one did that hurt no and then he pops open the the um the cap of the bottle and this avalanche of seeds comes on and kills presumably <clears throat> the grasshopper that uh three of them that yeah that that sort of question hopper's authority and the reason he gives is like if one ant stands up then they're all going to know they can stand up. And mm-hmm. they outnumber us 100 to 1. And, I mean, it's very, very difficult to ignore the political undertones of that specific moment in the movie. The movie as a whole, like, I was reading stuff about how the movie as a whole is, you know, like a, an examination of, like, everything from Marxism to socialism to uh, communism, all this kind of stuff. It w- it's that scene that was kind of just like, and maybe it's just because of the climate we're in now, the political climate we're in now, but it was very much like, I don't know, it, it, it resonated mm-hmm. more, I mean, obviously more than it did when <laughs> I was 17, but it was just a good way of explaining the theory in a way that made sense with the movie. What I like about it, it's coming from your bad guy. Like, it's almost like a peek into how leaders feel, you know, and okay. how and why they lead, how they do with fear instead of respect. Because it, normally you would hear that kind of like a rally cry from like the hero. Like, they can't, you know, there's more of us. They can't defeat all of right. us. And, but here it's like the the bad guy exposing his vulnerability and like no, no, not only knowing about it, but like realizing like, holy shit, this could happen. Right. And that's typical of like everything that we see in the news of they got to keep us divided because right. essentially the people in power uh-huh. are very few, like uh-huh. the one percenters. The, oh, other yeah. 90, the 99% wanted to revolt and completely change this country. They could totally do it. In theory, yeah, and uh, in the numbers and all that stuff. And that's kind of like, so that's why, like, I, I can definitely appreciate this movie more now than when I first saw it. You know, the whole concept of, like, worker ants and, you know, you could liken this to a corporation where it's, like, the worker ants doing all the work and then the grasshoppers are the higher-ups that get to reap all the benefits and all the rewards and stuff like that. Like, there are, there are a lot of parallels you can make as an adult with this movie, which for me made it fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I little, think Pixar and a little depressing, but Pixar always is good like that. Where right. They walk that fine edge line of like making it colorful and fun for the kids, but right. also putting in a message for the adults. I don't think toy story does that as much or at least as well, because their messages are pretty much always kind of universal and what everybody already knows, you know, right. like friendship is great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a hard point to drive um so that's why i liked bugs life it made you think a little bit more it's kind of like i would put it on like the pixar level of like inside out i don't think inside out will get any sequel Mm -hmm. it leaned more toward the adult fence that was the one with the feelings right yeah so yeah so there was so toy story was hey what if toys had feelings this was what if bugs had feelings what if monsters had feelings what if fish had feelings and then inside out to me was like what if feelings had feelings (laughs) So they kind of really, they're big into the feelings, which is, uh, I mean, that's 
makes perfect sense. I mean, I feel like Toy Story was just sort of more of an experiment. You know, it was the first CG movie. Right. So it was an experiment on that level as kind of like a novelty. Because the idea wasn't like groundbreaking. No, it wasn't. It was like, what if toys came to life? I mean, that's something that has been done plenty of times. But being able to do it in that medium and then being able to still maintain heart and a unique vibe and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting to read how they went from toys, like you were saying, purely like on the cosmetic basis to bugs because it's also like i won't lie like i see an ant every now and then and i'll think of like this movie i'll be like oh i'm not like oh he's probably got a family and he's probably going home to see his wife and stuff but i feel like this movie stuck with me in a way that it's kind of like the end of men in black where um (laughs) do you know know what i'm talking about where um the the galaxy and it's like a galaxy and a drop of water and and a larger drop of water and stuff like that it's just like the the microscopic life that exists the microscopic in this case colony of ants that exists you know i think they showed like a uh, an establishing shot that was basically just like it was like near a puddle somewhere Mm -hmm. and i always thought that was pretty cool And i think pixar does a good job with like making you consider those like small details about your everyday life that you that you see and then you kind of forget about yeah i don't know what i just said (laughs) well a couple things uh i want to get back to that but when we're talking about like how pixar comes up with their ideas and whatnot there's this famous lunchtime conversation between the pixar heads where they came up with the idea for a bug's life oh they also at the same lunch came up with toy story 2 monsters inc finding nemo and wally that was a big lunch. That was a huge lunch. Like yeah. that lunch to me is I, I I would love like just a short story. Where was it? Like chilies or I, something? Right? Or? Like I picture have you ever been to a movie like a, a studio restaurant or deli that's on like a studio lot? No. But the, I mean I kinda get what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they're kinda like I mean almost like hospital ish where yeah, it's like okay. outside but you're surrounded by all the buildings, so right, like right, you're right. in their uh, your own little world. Like I, I picture it like that. Okay. On a Disney studio lot and they're all just eating cafe sandwiches so that was to me that's huge so who was this like lassiter and lassiter stanton doctor and ranched (laughs) r-a-n-f-t he he was i think he was the voice of the caterpillar in this movie wasn't he joe ranched we're losing the audience you clowns get out there now i hate performing on an empty stomach i feel like he was he's passed away now really i think so yeah because i remember uh, yeah yeah he's heimlich yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and he, I remember his picture on Wikipedia being like a young looking guy. Oh, yeah, so 2005. So, one little fact about me I'm a huge ant guy. <laughs> I don't have like an ant farm or anything like that, but my favorite. You mean, like the creature or like. Yeah. Okay. Well, just like the mythology of an ant, you know? Okay. So, my favorite Super Nintendo game was Sim Ant. I remember that. Where you got to create your own colony and you and were colonies, you yep. were uh, a yellow ant that led the black ants versus the red ants and you were trying to take over the house before the red ants did. Okay. So it was SimCity but with ants. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. And amazing. So I mean like you had to attack caterpillars and then oh, eat them sweet. and uh, when it rained you had to go back inside the colony and the, the, the lawnmower was like the worst thing to ever happen to anything. I'll have to check this out. Um, and I think be- I love that so much because I really loved Auntie in Honey, I Shrunk oh, the Kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. Oh, so, I, I mean, like, all about that. Right. There's the whole dichotomy of that. So, I think the most vindictive thing that I probably do in life, once I found out about it, is, and it happens at the beginning of this movie, is ants will always go in a line. Uh, right? Yep. And in the beginning of this movie, the leaf falls, mm-hmm. and the guy goes, I'm lost, 
And so then he has to be directed around the leaf. Mm-hmm. And ants will go in lines from like a sense, like mm-hmm. a smelling sense. Um, so if you take anything that smells differently and just run your finger across the line, the ants get lost mm-hmm. and they don't understand what's going on. So that's probably like the biggest thing that I do if I see an ant line is I like to. You do that for fun? <laughs> I do. That's but, fucked up. So here's the. So on the flip side, I know it's a very asshole thing to do. On the flip side, I also. Spoiler I, alert, though, in the movie, they do find their way around. Yes. And they're better for it. Dr. So. Soil. Right. Helps them around. Right. But so on the flip side is I do subscribe a lot to the Buddhist faith. And so I will never kill an ant because they they specify an ant could be one of your ancestors reincarnated. And mm. so you never want to kill an ant. So I don't, I just have fun with my ancestors and make them go a little bit lost to try and lead all their food back to their... Ants are weird because they don't, like, I don't think I've ever been bitten by an ant i've never been like physically harmed by an ant it's only sort of like a like an inconvenience that happens when you see one in the house you're like oh how did this ant get in here are there more it kind of creates this sense of panic like is there like an ant colony living in my walls and Mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that but really they don't do much except just kind of crawl around and and hang out yeah no i mean people don't like insects like i i get it but that's the ants are probably like the least bit of your worries because they're just going to eat the food. See, for me, drop on the floor. I mean, yeah, for me, it's like spiders don't bother me. Like I see gigantic <laughs> spiders in my basement every now and then. And it's just like, oh, hey, buddy, down here eating some bugs and like doing me some favors, you know? James and the Giant Peach was huge on that. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to say that like a bug's life like set me forth on that track. It probably didn't. I, you know what? It's fun to imagine that like the spider in your basement has a family and has like a <laughs> job or whatever. And, you know, you see like, especially outside too, when you see, we had an orb spider on the back deck that created this web and must have been like an hour and it was huge and it was beautiful. And it's like that kind of thing I can appreciate. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's common or what, but that kind of thing I can definitely appreciate. And this movie, I think in stark contrast to the past couple we've done was just a very like, you know, it's a, it's a fun day hanging out with bugs. Right. You said you never got bitten by an ant. I, I have. So. I don't because there wasn't too many like critics to pull from. I got ten interesting ant facts. Okay. That I will drop in if they come up. Give me one. Let's. let's so the let's bullet see. ant. Yeah. Okay. And do you uh, know about the bullet ant? Is that the one that they put in the glove? And um, yeah, there's one in. I think it's either Africa or maybe South America. They have like a rite of passage ritual where they fill. A, it's like a. It looks like an oven mitt with bullet ants. And you have to like stick your hand in it oh for like a minute or something. So on that note, the bullet ant is said to have the most painful sting in the world. Yeah. Lives in the Amazon. Oh, the Amazon, yeah. And their sting has been compared to being hit by a bullet. So pretty much that makes sense. Shoving your hand in a glove full of them is just kind of like, ooh, I'm gonna. F- now, why did they say hit by a bullet instead of being shot? I don't know. Because if you were to throw a bullet at me, like that probably wouldn't hurt as bad. Bullet hit. I mean, I've never heard <laughs> being shot being called hit by a bullet. No? I don't think so. I think unless, I have. Unless it's like a reconstruction of the scene and someone says like, and this is where he was hit by the bullet. He was hit by three bullets. He was but, shot by three bullets. He was hit by three. No, I've heard of it. <laughs> Whatever. Fair enough. What's another one? What's the next one? Oh, you want all of them right now? Just give me one more. Um, there are over 12,000 ant species worldwide, ranging from the ant you might find scuttling across your picnic to the ants building underground fortresses in the rainforest to flying ants. 
I would have thought there would be more than that. 12,000? 12, 12, yeah. Different I mean, species? I guess maybe, yeah, maybe I kind of need to reframe my thinking on that because like, well, 12,000 different species of ants. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, like I would probably- That's more than I know. Yeah, so, somebody yeah. was like, how many species of ants do you know? I'd be like, three? Fire? Well, that black we see and here, red? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have guessed like Now I can say four because a bullet. 12,000. Okay. All right. Give me one more because now I'm interested. <laughs> ants are the longest living insects. Unlike some bugs who might only live for days or even years, the queen ant of one particular species, the Paganomyramex owihi, nicely done, can live up to thirty years. Wow! So, really? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. And I guess that means that, like, because the queen ant doesn't usually like come out and go exploring and stuff like that. They just right. kind of take care of her. That's interesting. <laughs> you want more, don't you? No, not right now. I don't want to. I don't want to. I got I six wanna, left. No, I don't want to blow it. Okay. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to dive in too fast. Well, let's get to the movie. <laughs> so, um, so f- I think you went over it that they need to. They're harvesting grain at the beginning to give the grasshoppers an offering so the grasshoppers don't kill them. Right. Flick is an inventor and he's trying to find out ways to work smarter, not harder. Right. In order to harvest. And it's kind of like what he creates is a plow system or maybe like a tree shaker really to get the grain out in the beginning yep it's like a half saw half like shucker yeah thing and i feel like that invention that he's got at the beginning of the movie is very kind of Mm pixar-y i feel like it was just like a cool looking ingenious backpack well it's very like inventor like it's so complicated it doesn't make sense what were some of the other inventions that he well the telescope the telescope but then i feel like there were parts where he was they were talking about his other inventions that didn't work Mm -hmm. i can't remember but yeah any 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 sort like he was very it was very like like doc brown from back to the Mm -hmm. future kind of which uh like I, you know, you jump on board kind of immediately with his character because he's right. Like he's like, this is, I mean, it's not a perfect way to do it. And there are obviously some bugs in it. Get it? <laughs> nice. And, um, but he's like, he's the outlier. He's the oddball in the ant colony. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one who's not like picking up the grain and walking in the line and all that kind of stuff. There are a lot of metaphors in here that have to do with like conformity and, and you know, like the ants walking in the line and then this, the leaf falls and they're like, we don't know what to do without being told. Right. Um, you know, and then him just being so, they paint his his thinking and his, um, you know, what he, the inventions that he makes as being just so disruptive and destructive and things like that. Well, he's um, going against the grain. The grain. Oh, nice. I get mm-hmm. it. I didn't do ants eat grain. Is that a thing? I think they. I mean, they're going to eat anything. I don't know. I, did, I, I guess I never. I always thought ants. Ate well, they're grain. giving it to the hoppers, the grasshoppers. Do right, but then don't eat? they say they have to get more for themselves? Yeah. Afterward. Well, I mean, they're getting grapes. No, I get that was a raspberry. I guess. Oh, blackberries or something like mm-hmm. that. I guess I. I don't. I never considered what ants eat or bugs really. I mean, leafcutter ants, which is the fifth one I know. I guess. Yeah, that's what... It, uh, yeah, ant, don't ants just eat leaves? Because you always see them with the little, like, sections of leaf. Yeah, the ants on. on my sidewalk eat Cheetos. Have we been lied to by Pixar? <laughs> like, do, Yeah, I guess ants will go swarm around like a Cheeto or... Yeah, it's been a while since I've had a meaningful run-in with ants, so maybe I'll have to... I'll I was looking up out. ant farms for my students after oh, yeah. watching this, and I was like, that would be cool to watch an ant farm happen it would be if it turned into one like at the i forget if it's at the zoo or the history museum where it's like a giant ant farm but those little like plastic green ones Mm -hmm. usually just end up being depressing really i mean in my experience it's just not 
well, and I don't know. Maybe maybe Ant Farm Technology has. Uh, no, has, that's the only has, ones I found online. Ha, well, maybe I mean maybe they've maybe they've reengineered the ants or something like that. But it could be cool. Teach them about. You should teach them like subversive lessons about conformity and be like, see how the ants are all in a line and see how they all follow orders. And then have my one student bring them out. The, look for the diamond in the rough. Exactly. Look for the look for the flick in, in your. Ink. So who are the voices in this movie? There was Dave Foley, famous probably for. I mean, I at the time I think he was doing news radio. I have no idea who that is. Dave Foley? I know the name because of A Bug's Life and beyond that, I have no idea who that he is. He was Kids in the Hall. I kept thinking Matt Foley, who was Chris Farley's motivational speaker character um, <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. His voice was great for, yeah. um, for Flick. I enjoyed it. He was in Blast in the Past with Alicia Silverstone and Brendan Fraser. Missed that one. So we have Dave Foley... Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Hayden Panettiere. She was oh, Dot. Oh, she's the little girl? Yep. Oh, okay. Phyllis Diller was the queen. Uh-huh. Uh, Richard Kind was Molt. Okay. David Hyde Pierce, Slim the Walking Stick. Is that Frazier's brother? Yep. Okay. Joe Ramft yep. was Heimlich. Who played the Hungarian acrobat bugs? <laughs> Tuck and Roll was yeah. the same guy, Michael McShane. Oh, that guy. Yeah, okay. Bonnie Hunt was Rosie. The spider. Yeah. Madeline Kahn was the gypsy moth. Don't know who that is. Uh, she... Yeah, you do. <laughs> Not at this moment, I don't, <laughs> but perhaps I will learn. But IMDb really needs to up there. She plays a... Uh, what's her face in Clue? No idea. Have you seen Clue? Possibly. A long time ago? No idea. Mrs. White. Okay. Flames. Flames on the side of my I face. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it, flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. Oh my gosh. Does not ring a bell. <laughs> I'll have to check it out though. The last one on like the front list is Brad Garrett who plays Dim. Oh yeah. I remember when I saw it in the theater, Dim and the acrobat bugs were my favorite. Yeah. I went to see it for Dennis Leary and then it was Tuck and Roll that I think was just like that great comic relief. So Dennis Leary was kind of a, like that was definitely a selling point to the movie. It was like, oh, it's a ladybug, but it's a guy. Hey, cutie! Want a pollinate with a real bug? So, being a ladybug automatically makes me a girl. Is that it, Flyboy? Huh? Right! She's a guy! Frances, leave them alone. They have poo-poo hands! Not again. Judging by your breath, you must have been buzzing around a dung heap all day. Come on, Francis. You're making the maggots cry. It'd be interesting to see if they if they were to do a character like that now, how far it would be pushed. Because in A Bug's Life, they first introduce him as like the two like like slimy flies are mm-hmm. hitting on him, right? Yeah. You want to pollinate with a real bug right. is the line. <laughs> yeah, but then he's like, oh, so I'm a ladybug, so that automatically makes me a girl. Did you just assume my gender? Right. Th- that was a little ahead of its time, I think. Isn't Pixar always? Yeah, that's true. It was funny, just kind of like on the surface jokes, but then, you know, here we are 20 years later, and it's kind of, it's pretty relevant. Yeah, so. and it's like, good job, Pixar. Yeah, that you did it. Flick, with his invention, pretty much shoves the whole offering into the water. Mm-hmm. And that's my first, I would say, like, thing where I'm, like, on Flick's side, because beforehand, I don't know if it makes me a conformist, but I'm like, yeah, bro, stop trying to reinvent the wheel and just get in line and put grain on the leaf. And then when his simple invention just flicks a stone mm-hmm. off of the pedestal and the entire thing goes into the water, I'm like, well, that w- why put it there? 
Oh, so it's like poorly constructed. Poorly construction. And then when you go back to them, so Hopper comes in, threatens everybody and says, I now want double the offering the Uh next time I come before the last leaf falls. Total dick move. Completely unmanageable from both sides Mm -hmm. because who knows when the last leaf is going to fall. Well, if you glue a leaf... Well, then, then that's the other thing. What if the last leaf never falls? Right, because not the trees don't go completely bare. Right, I don't yeah. think like there's always like those scragglers. That was just poor management on Hopper's part. But then the ants rebuild the weak ass pedestal for the second offering, and I was like, "Well, come on, guys. Oh, if you're not going to learn from did. your mistakes, then Flick is the smartest." I don't know guy why they camp. wouldn't just put them on the ground, right? Or something like that, in a hole or, or something like, like that. build like a little wick or basket of. Oh yeah, they built a freaking bird out of uh, like dandelion stems right. and stuff. So, which is one of those things like Pixar does phenomenally well. And you look at it and they go, "Oh well, let me see how many writers are on this." They have everybody that was at the lunch with their input, and then the writers are Andrew Stanton, Don McAneary, and Bob Shaw. But there's so much cleverness to the script. I can't imagine that it wasn't a team of writers in a writer's room. Even like the simple thing of like, okay, we're gonna push these twigs together to make this bird and then the black widow spider is going to come by and she's going to tighten everything up um so like the actual like game plan for how this stuff is going to work yeah just yeah just crafting the script Mm -hmm. so there's something happening pretty much every five seconds Mm -hmm. that will make you either think or laugh yep is speaks to the genius i think of pixar was it this movie where there was like like an altoids tin with something in when he went to the big city like Whenever there's a movie where it's on a small scale and they use like normal objects as, you know, different things, I always get a kick out of that. Right. I don't remember if it was this movie or something else, but it was like an Altoids tin was a, I don't know, like a drive-in movie screen or something like that. I always get a kick out of that and Pixar does that really well. And this was, I mean, they were fighting with DreamWorks and PDI at the time, but they're, I mean, they also weren't getting along with Disney for the longest time. Wait, what's PDI? PDI is, uh, it's like the DreamWorks animation studio that was rivaling Pixar at the time. PDI stands for... Was it called Dream... Was it called... Did it turn into DreamWorks? What we know as DreamWorks? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Ingenuity is is the Pixar calling. Ingenuity of making, like, the bird... You know, like, here's how we're gonna have a bunch of ants build a bird out of a stuff from a field. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff like that. And I guess, like, the... So, yeah, so I'm thinking about when they went into the... When Flick goes into the Times Square area, and it's, like, all the... You know, like, you know right away without them ever saying it that it's Times Square and it's all constructed out of just, like, simple everyday objects. Like, when, um, what's his name? The flea had the circus train and it was made out of the animal crackers box. Right. Like, that kind of stuff. I think that was super on display in this movie and that made it more endearing to me. And those are, like, the type of things that I love that I wish I was, like, a fly on the wall for. Kind of like, like, when ideas happen... That's, oh, wait, fly on the wall, I get it. Nice. 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 Um, when ideas happen, like, that's one of my favorite things to see in mm-hmm. life, really. And so that lunch where everybody's like, oh, and what about, like, mm-hmm. monsters in the closet? We could do something on that, you know, type right. of thing. Also, the guy that's sitting there and saying, you know, instead of a circus train, it should be animal cracker boxes. Right. Like, back and forth. Like, that would be amazing, I think, to witness. It would be, especially in hindsight, like, knowing that it came to fruition later, you know, two, three years later or whatever. Right. Like the hi-fi moments of life. So no Bugs Life 2. 
No Bugs do Life we, tune. Do we know why? I don't know. Like that, you know. What no, was after a Bugs Life? That was '98. So what was after Bugs Life? It was then? either Toy Story Two or Monsters Inc. I don't remember which came first. I remember you and I saw Monsters Inc. Well, Toy Story Two, I think. No, it wouldn't be Toy Story Two because that took forever, I think, to come out. Yeah, I feel like Toy you're Story right. Two was '99, oh. so I was not right on that. We were wrong. Monsters Inc. 2001. was 2001. Okay, so they went right to Toy Story Two, which I guess that's smart. And then I guess I mean Monsters Inc. was definitely bigger than a Bug's Life. I don't know. Maybe they just abandoned the Bug's Life and kind of put it on the shelf. And because you're right about when you said that it's the best reviewed movie that we've done so far, I looked at some of that too, and it's got definitely good ratings and good comments comments and good reviews and stuff like that i feel like it never really like took off like it's not one of the movies that people think of when they think of pixar right and i think it le- leans more toward the adult side mm-hmm. i think wally is another example which also didn't get a sequel mm-hmm. um but that spoke purely really to adults saying you know if you don't change your ways we're all gonna be not walking around mm-hmm. on the earth anymore uh inside out i don't think is gonna get and that maybe one- it's like the marketability like I, that one the toys I, didn't sell as much oh maybe i never saw that one i heard that was a really well obviously it was a really emotional movie but i remember it being like m- people came out of it telling me that it was more um more emotional than they like had expected and i feel like it came out when i was at a real real low point in my life so i was like i don't want to deal with this right now and that probably yeah there was i do my challenges every year and make sure that i hit my new year's resolutions and one of them for that year was to spend all day in a movie theater and go to the first showing and go to a last showing of five different movies nice is that how many movies play during a day roughly yeah roughly so i did it in burbank at the amc burbank 16 and i planned out the day so like i start with a comedy there's a comedy in the middle which was going to be inside out and then the comedy at the end was ted 2 so i saw minions jurassic world uh what i just said inside out terminator genesis Ugh. And then Ted 2. Oh, that was, that, that's not a terrible day at the movies. It wasn't, except for the fact that Inside Out was not a comedy. No. <laughs> I walked out of Inside Out being like, what, what, you know, like I was expecting. Ruined my whole day. I was expecting Bugs Life, you right, know, like right, I was right. expecting something like Happy and Pixar for some reason, like Toy Story 3, I got choked up in. Yeah. And it's kind of like, why are we now like. <laughs> See, and that's like, you wonder if, like, I don't know, I've never talked to a kid about Pixar movie, but I'd wonder if they react the same way because, you know, a kid has the capacity to process emotions the same way as, as an adult. They maybe haven't been exposed to, you know, as many life experiences that would kind of, you know, conjure up those emotions, but kids can feel sad. Kids can feel helpless and depressed and cry and all that sort of stuff. And so you wonder like, I don't know. I, I would be very interested to pick a kid's brain, like on almost like a philosophical level about a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm just to see if it goes beyond and i'm sure it does to some degree beyond like pretty colors and funny jokes and things like that which pixar movie would you choose um well now that we've rewatched this one i'd probably pick this one because there's a lot i think there's a lot to unpack (laughs) and i'd be interested to see what they thought about like like i'd probably ask something like so what did you think of was flick helping or hurting the aunt connie by the way he was thinking or did you think that flick was you know, trying to help his friends or was he only thinking about himself? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just be interested because without any like manipulation of their thoughts or their answers, I'd be interested to hear what they, you know, what they said. Right. Because I don't know if I, I mean, if I was like 10 years old and watching this, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I would reap the same kind of interpretation as I do now. Right. I like to think I'm a little smarter now than I was when I was 10, but who knows? Yeah, I think as a kid, I was completely on Flick's side, and then I was conflicted. Ah, 
Wow. As an adult. <laughs> Why? Because he put the colony in danger? Yeah, because he, you know, he made silly decisions. He kind of put himself in, you know, he made his bed. And when the whole offering went into the water, I was like, dude, run. <laughs> like, yeah. That is probably like, an ant homicide offense. That's the, yeah, that's the biggest catastrophe in an ant's world. Because a whole colony could have been slaughtered because of Well, that and that's the thing, too. It's like, I mean, you could talk about the philosophy behind this movie for probably hours. Actually, I saw some kid who wrote, I think, a dissertation on this movie or like a thesis term paper or something like that. It was this big, long PDF that I didn't have time to read, <laughs> but I'm curious now. Because, yeah, it's like, you know, he he was so concerned with his own inventions and not necessarily in a selfish way because he was doing it to try and help the colony, but more in like an oblivious way. Right. Where he didn't realize that they do it pretty heavy handedly, like in the beginning where he's flicking the stalks after he's like shucked them and they land right on the queen or the mm. princess. And he's, I mean, that's happening all of like 20 feet away and he doesn't realize it. So that's kind of, you know, indicative of, of like the flaws and, with, and with I, his character. And I think like the angriest that I probably got watching this movie, because this movie made me feel feelings, was when Hopper is down there and he's got Dot by the head. Oh, yeah. And he's like, come get her. Yeah. And everybody just takes a step back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody, yep. yep. <laughs> somebody and save that, the but, child. But that's when Flick stands up to him, right? And then steps back. Oh, right, right, right. That's, that's right, when yeah. Hopper challenges him and he steps back. Right. So The grasshoppers in this movie, they were, I enjoyed the fact that they basically made him a biker gang. Because <laughs> every time they start their wings, it was like motorcycles yeah. revving Oh, up. that's a good analogy. Yeah. Did you notice that? I didn't. I mean, like, I, it seemed familiar to me. Oh, it was, but that was... To me, that was like super, super, like, that was the first thing I noticed was that, that like, every time they, he's like, let's ride. And then you hear like, <laughs> chainsaws, maybe. Sometimes but, I just accept things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool how they, how they kind of um, painted him as this, like, you know, oppressive, oppressive biker gang. Mm -hmm. And you could get into talking about there's you know it's about taxes paying taxes it's about they were kind of a mafia the for the protection right the yeah. protection you know and 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 that whole thing the the grasshoppers were kind of like a you know it'd be a shame if something happened to this place you know but we can keep you safe and blah 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 but like we said earlier on an earlier show the mafia is it, not that bad i was bad. just remembering <laughs> trying to remember if that was this show or not the mafia is not that bad <laughs> Like they do some good stuff. Yeah, no, this is more government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this seemed more um, definitely more political. Because I mean, what what happens when you don't pay your taxes? They fine you more. Like <laughs> they do, or they throw you in jail. Yeah, but which then that, you can't make money, so you can't pay right. them the original amount anyway. I mean, even that's a it's an imperfect they. it's an imperfect system. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, <laughs> So do we have any... Uh, oh, wait, finish your ant facts. So the only thing I wanted to say that we've already kind of went over was the when they go to Mexico mm -hmm. and they're in that little thing, the mosquitoes seem so uncomfortable and have like such a horrible life that even though they're mosquitoes, like I still can't feel sorry for them. <laughs> All the way back there when it starts to rain, you might as well be sucking bug spray. Ooh, don't even say that. You know something? You're making a lot of sense. I mean, why take the risk? You should tell Hopper. Good idea. But, you know, it's really not our place. I mean, you're his brother. That makes you like the vice president of the gang. Wow. It kind of does, doesn't it? Okay, I'll tell him. Boy, I should talk to you guys more often. What if Hopper doesn't like it? But at least the genius will get smacked and not us. Vice President Malt. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, a little lower. Yeah. Lower, lower. Hey, Hop. 
Go away. That's fine. Then I won't tell you my idea. Good. Okay, okay. I'll tell you anyway. You see, I've been thinking, okay, which is something that I do, you know, being vice president and all. And this, this is a thought, and it was mine. Why go back to Ant Island at all? I mean, you don't even like grain. What? You're right. I didn't think it was such a good idea myself. Actually, it wasn't even my idea. It was Axel and Locos. They talked fancy to me. I got confused. Uh. Guys, order another round because we're staying here. Yeah. 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 What was I thinking going back to Ant Island? I mean, we just got here and we have more than enough food to get us through the winter, right? Why go back? But there was that ant that stood up to me. But we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. <laughs> one ant. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boss. They're puny. Hmm, puny. Say, let's pretend this grain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> how about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Right. Mosquitoes are one like I'm. I'm a lover of. I like to say all creatures, but mosquitoes piss me off quite regularly mm. because. <laughs> and I get it. It's like they don't know they're just being mosquitoes. Like we had a cricket in the house not too long ago, and it just chirped every day, nonstop. Couldn't find it. Didn't know how to deal with it. And I, I your cat didn't help. No, no, no. That no, that cat is a worthless hunter. <laughs> but when it came to like trying to deal with it, I was like, okay, he's just being a cricket. He doesn't know that what he's doing is is <laughs> he's looking driving for me nuts. The he's, chirp is for a mate, right? right? He's looking. He's looking for a mate. Just he's he's just to get his groove on. He's doing cricket things. He's probably terrified because he's in a house. He's not outside. Nobody's need, responding. Need to have some compassion here. Mm. So. I don't know what happened to him. I haven't heard him in a couple days, and I hope he's well. Um, <laughs> don't think so? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I forget how we got on this topic. Oh, ant mosquitoes. facts. Ant facts and then mosquitoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mosquitoes. I don't remember the mosquitoes except being, they were all, they all seemed very like, almost like drugged out. Like they were all just very like catatonic. and. Well, and, it was like, weird because they were like servers, but then they were also playing the darts, but like. I guess Pixar I nailed the sound, so as I like walk in, they all sound oh, like yeah, jittering, yeah, yeah. and it's like, oh, you just feel it in your ear, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that mosquito sound, that'll, that'll cause a little mm-hmm. bit of a panic. You know, like, type of thing? Yep. Before the ad facts, Hopper, mm-hmm. you said his one line, I took three of his lines, uh, you have, you let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up, that was a great speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideas are very dangerous things, 
mm-hmm. which are which I think is like his essential what he's against in this whole. That's a good <clears throat> representation because of kind of what he's yeah what what he's afraid of. Yeah, Flick is thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Hopper needs to squash Flick. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I will agree with, and and I've trained managers before in like the service industry and education, like where I work. Which I think is like the one thing that people don't realize when you're getting into to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. And this is my favorite line of Hopper's, which is first rule of leadership. Everything is your fault. All right. And that's why, you know, when I try to tell like the managers, I'm like, look, if everything is going well, it's because you have a good crew. If Mm -hmm. anything goes wrong, it's because it's your fault. Right. Like, and that's how everything's going to lean on you. So Hopper, while being a horrible horrible person or grasshopper say (laughs) in this film had some really good like he probably has the best lines well and that's why so like this is nothing new but like a good villain makes a good movie and a good villain can justify his or her mo Mm -hmm. and so i think that's exactly what you're that's exactly what you're saying is that you know he believes he's right and there's some credence to what he says because you know he's he's not wrong in saying that i I forget what the exact line was but uh it's always your fault yeah you know there are other parts in the movie where it's not like you sympathize with him but you're like and maybe this is just us as old fart adults but you're like yeah that makes kind of sense yeah i mean you could see how he gets there right psychologically there's always a debate in marvel cinematic universe like who is the best villain would you think Hopper is the best Pixar villain? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know who you'd even compare him against because in terms of being menacing... I mean, you got Strawberry Bear, whatever his name was in Toy Story 3. Hugs a, lots of hug, hugs lots a lot. Of, you got the, the Proctor. I'm thinking like the Toy Story. You got the kid, Stan. Oh, Sid. Sid. The only one I can think of is um, Mr. Waternoose from Monsters, Inc. And he wasn't especially... Well, Steve Buscemi's monster from Monsters, Inc. was cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's a good question. Hopper, uh, off the top of my head, I would have to say yes. Because mm-hmm. I can't really think of anyone else who... Any other character that is like physically menacing um is as physically menacing to the people he's trying to intimidate and also so cerebral yeah who was there a villain in cars another car i <laughs> i really did not like cars yeah cars and then was, it had like two sequels and i was like stop and then planes i was gonna say wasn't planes one too? yeah i think like, it was like a spinoff yeah um but now it makes sense of why they did cars based off the research because it's nice shiny oh flat God, surfaces yeah to oh do. it's and merchandising yeah, yeah it makes perfect sense and i know um, a lot of kids that loved cars and I was oh like, yeah oh, stop cars was definitely not for us cars no. was definitely every every little every cars was like you know maybe like 90 percent kids 10 percent adults i feel like and i don't know where where other people like you had cars huge hit you have the lego movie huge hit where the hell is the micro machines movie ah call up john Machida. See if he's still doing his thing. Probably. If he's, if I, I don't want to speculate on whether or not he's still alive. Um, Hopper's death, only death in a Pixar film of a bad guy. True. Very true. And it was gruesome. Pretty. Yeah. It was pretty. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't shown. It was more Hitchcockian. Of, right. Like you just imagine. Well, it was very uh, Lion King too, right? Like where Scar falls into the oh the hyenas. Pit of fire yeah. with the hyenas. But that's yeah. a Disney movie. Yep. So this is the first death of a Pixar Interesting. villain on screen, probably, because um, the little old lady dies in the beginning of Up. She wasn't a villain, though. She was not. I a mean, villain. we don't know. And she wasn't. It wasn't on screen. I don't think. True. 
All right, ant facts. Yeah, go for it. Let's let's round out with some ant facts. Yeah, fire ants cause over three billion dollars worth of damage a year. The North American red imported fire ant. Maybe we should stop importing them. Uh, might only be little, but the tiny critters have a painful bite, which causes a burning sensation. Hence the name fire ant, which costs the U.S. millions in veterinarian and medical bills every year. They also been known to cause damage to farmers' crops. Huh. So they're like an invasive species that somebody brought over. Yeah. Because okay. it does say red imported, yeah. imported fire ant. Five. The ant is one of the world's strongest creatures in relations to its size. Can lift up to 50 times its body weight. Ants hold the record for the fastest movement in the animal animal kingdom. That makes me laugh because it's like, is there like an insect Guinness Book of World Records? <laughs> like, I don't know. For some reason, like, obviously, it's like a scientist measuring and how fast an ant moves. But for some reason, I pictured the ants doing it themselves. Well, this is like a movement. So the aptly named species of trap jaw ant can close its jaws oh, cool. at 140 miles per hour. That's some He-Man shit. Which it uses to kill its prey or injure predators. And then, of course, whatever website I found this from is like, imagine if that bit you on the bum. Oh, good. Yeah, good. The internet coming through with jokes. Ants can be found on every single continent except Antarctica. Nice. Weird. Ants are social insects which live in colonies. That's, we pretty much know that. The colony, also known as a formicary, formicary, is made up of one or more egg-laying queens and a large amount of female worker ants who tend to her, build and maintain the nest, forage for food, and care for the young. Male ants have wings, and their only function is to mate with the queen. Huh. I, I can definitely appreciate that. I didn't realize it was existence. just female ants kind of like roaming about. I mean, I can definitely appreciate the simple existence of your only purpose being to mate with the queen and then you die. Well, I'm you're flying saying, around for whatever reason. Well, then. true. But but like, I that's wonder why your, they have wings. I wonder if that's a fulfilling life. It sounds it. I don't know. If you could be they any insect, really get, what insect would you be? Uh, well, I was going to say they didn't really get into the whole... Um, life's purpose is to mate with the queen aspect of ants in a bug's life they did not maybe on the dvd features i don't know <laughs> if i could be any insect probably a spider yeah i just is think, that an insect or an arachnid i'm pretty sure it's still an insect uh, i'm not positive <laughs> i can google it all right you google it i'll go to right, nine keep going ants don't have ears and some of them don't have eyes Ants listen by feeling vibra- vibrations from the ground through their feet, and eyeless ants such as the driver ant species can communicate by using their antenna. Plus, they can send chemical signals, called pheromones, released through their body to send messages to other ants. They send out warnings when danger is near, leave trails of pheromones, which is what I like to fuck with, leading to food sources and even use them to attract... So you're, ma- you're an ant cockblock. <laughs> Is what you are. That's what you are. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take it. I, I'm I, not an ant killer. No, that's. I, I suppose if you've if you've got to mess with them, that's what doesn't the kill do. you makes you strong. All Fair right. Enough. Fair enough. I'm here to make the ants. You're like the cupid of of ants. I'm the ant whisperer. The ant whisperer. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Did you find out? Uh, they are arachnids. They are not insects. Insects have six legs and three main body parts. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Eh. Did not know that. And then final ant fact. The largest ant's nest ever found was over 3,700 miles wide. Oh, my God. Found in Argentina in 2000, the ginormous colony housed 33 ant populations, which had merged into one giant super colony with millions of nests and billions of workers. That's going to be the next um, sci-fi channel movie. Like after the whole Sharknado thing, it's going to become like... The producers that are producing my movie are doing the zombie tidal wave. <laughs> What is that's that the next one. Like zombies get flown in on a tidal wave, yeah. kind of? 
Interesting. Yep. So they're they're past Sharknado and they're jumping on the zombie. Hey, they rode the Sharknado <laughs> train for a long time. There's like six of those. So I mean, obviously, that's not as like brilliant of a lunch, you know, to be like, what's hot right now? Sharks. <laughs> Sharks <laughs> what's hot right zombie. now? Well, yeah. what was hot ten years ago? Zombies. <laughs> not qu- not quite the Pixar lunch that we talked about <laughs> no. before. So all right, we're running a little long here. So really, that's all I got. Final thoughts. Final thought, A Bug's Life is really the Pixar movie that you need to go back and revisit. I think so, and keeping with the uh, the theme of the show, that's pretty appropriate. I think, especially now, you know, if you want to tweet at us or... it's very, in- I'd be very interested to hear what people have to think about this movie specifically now in this climate that we're in right and now. And answer any questions we threw out. What kind of insect would you be? I don't know <laughs> questions I we threw out. I can't remember the other... But if there was anything you shouted at your radio, you might as well shout it at us. Share the podcast. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. Let your friends know. Let us know if there's a movie you want to uh, hear us pontificate about, because we will. Um, might even get a little guest spot. Yeah, and that's all I got. That's all I got. I like The Bug's Life. I think you should watch it. I feel it's fully unpacked. All right, that's it. Ciao. A Bug's Life was produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation Studios. It was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the film's soundtrack, composed by Randy Newman. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you could reach us at 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You could find us on Twitter at MCNSPRO or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to, as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on, and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And remember, whether you're an outcast like Flick and his friends, or a conformist like the rest of the ants, the easiest way to tackle the biggest problems is together. Enjoy your day. Thank you.